Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing us together today with one another around your word. We pray that your word would shape our lives, that as we share our lives with others, we might be sharing you. In Jesus' name, amen. Way back in September, we uh, started uh, this year with a call to all of our people in this congregation, to all who come to worship here, to shape our lives um, according to five words. Share, read, talk, pray, and bless. We said if, if that those five words are the keys for us for living the story, living the story of God, living the story of our lives in a way that reflects the story that God is shaping in our, uh, in our individual lives, in our corporate lives, in the lives that we share with all the world. Live, so share, read, talk. Pray and bless. The first one of those, uh, share, is focused on you, actually. Share your story, is what we say. Share your story, read God's story, talk about the story, the combination of those. Pray in the story. What comes out of all of that sharing, all of that talking, all of that reading uh, is lots of stuff that should lead us to pray for one another and for ourselves, for our community, for the world that God has called us to serve. And then bless by the story. What God reveals to us, we share with others as a blessing. And it circles right back around to sharing your story. So today I want to focus a little bit on that first one, sharing your story. And I come to this uh, through our text today because um, it's so interesting to me what's going on here in these uh, these two passages, the Old Testament passage from Nehemiah that we have and the New Testament passage from Luke. Uh, we're going to start with Nehemiah. In, in the book of Nehemiah, you have these two characters, Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra is a priest. Nehemiah is a political leader, a governor sometimes he's called. He is, uh, but they are charged with leading the people that had been brought out of, out of uh, Judah into Babylon, into captivity, which we remember they were in uh, They were in exile in Babylon for 70 years. So so most of those who left Judah, who saw the temple, who heard the law, who spoke the language, who were part of the people of Israel, the people of Judah that, that, that recognized themselves as God's people, had been brought to another land where there was different language, different people, different customs, different gods. 
and they had strung, they had worked to maintain their own identity, their own faith. But you can imagine, since 70 years have passed, and almost none of those who left would have returned, and only the very youngest memories of what it was like to be in this land that they believed God had given them as a people. Now they return. Nehemiah and Ezra are charged with leading the people that would return to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild its walls, to rebuild its temple, to rebuild its life. Ezra the priest takes the role of spiritually guiding them forward. Nehemiah, the governor, the leader, takes the role of overseeing the building. How will this come together? How will we support one another? And on the passage that we have before us today, it's early on in this story. They have arrived back. They have seen the work that is to be done. They know the challenge that is ahead of them. And they begin by asking Ezra the priest to read for them God's word, God's covenant, the covenant that God made with with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, with Moses, and with this people so long ago. They gather all of the people together, many of whom at this time can't even understand all of the Hebrew words that are part of this covenant. They haven't been speaking Hebrew uh, other than in their homes for the last 70 years. And so there are uh, indications uh, a couple of those verses you might have noticed uh, in the, if you pay attention to the passage today. What is it? There's two verses that are left out. It's Nehemiah 8, 1 through 3, 5 through 6, 8 through 10. What happened to verse 4 and 7? What's going on in those verses? Usually when you see that, it's because it's something really nasty um, that, that makes us uncomfortable. Um, it's not that case this time. This time, what, what's happening there is the list of all of the people that stood beside Ezra and Nehemiah as other leaders of the community. And the second list is specifically a, a list of, of uh, people that served as interpreters who, who stood among the people as Ezra was leading, was reading the, the entire uh, the entire book of the law. So whether that's all five of books of the Torah, <laughs> the first five books of our, our Old Testament, or whether that's the book of Deuteronomy, which seems more likely to me. Either way, it's a long reading. And there's a lot of words. And if it's read in a language, they speak only sometimes at home. You can imagine they needed some help. So we get that these interpreters who stand among the people 
and they give them the sense of what is going on. They tell, they speak, they listen, and they, they repeat to those that are near them, here's what we're talking about. Here's what God is telling us here. This is why this is so important for us. This is what we're setting up. And the whole idea is that they would listen to all of God's word, all of God's covenant for them. Why? So that as they begin this new life, they begin it on the solid foundation of God's word. This is how you have called us to live. A similar thing happens for us. For us who follow not, uh, who, who don't necessarily follow all of the Old Testament covenant. Most of us uh, pick pieces that we feel are congruent with good society and good order and, and uh, seem to, to work towards a, uh, a better life or fit with what Jesus has led us to be. But we, almost none of us, I don't know any of us who follow all of the Old Covenant. We follow a different pattern. And we follow a pattern set by the one who speaks to his hometown in our Gospel today. Our Lord Jesus comes uh, at the beginning of his ministry and he's begun to do some healing and he's begun to do some speaking throughout the region of Galilee where he grew up and he comes on this Sabbath day to his hometown of Nazareth and he goes, as is his custom, to the place of worship. He gathers with the people. This is where we will gather around God's word. And isn't it amazing that they hand him the scroll uh, to read as he comes home. He, they say, why don't you read for the people? And they had prescribed readings just as we do. And so they hand him the scroll of Isaiah and Jesus opens up the, uh, the scroll and he finds the reading and he begins to, to speak the words. And what he says is so interesting. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is a word from Isaiah given long ago, centuries earlier, and often applied to the Messiah who would come, but also applied to the people who were there, who were God's messengers and God's advocates, God's servants. It's applied to the servant of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to do what? to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captive, to open the eyes of the blind, to declare this is the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus rolls up the scroll and says, today this reading is fulfilled in your hearing. And what he says there." He began, we just get that little snippet. It says, he began to teach them, saying, today this reading has been fulfilled in your hearing. It's not to say the rest of it isn't important. It's to say that 
when he began to teach them. It's not to say this is the only thing he said. It's to say that when he began to teach them, this is what he showed them. Today in your hearing, this scripture has been fulfilled. And what he's saying is that this is who he is. I am the servant of the Lord. I am here to release you from your captivity, to show you a new life, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to tell you that the blind can see, that the poor have good news, that God is here among you and for you. And life is about to change. Jesus says, this is who he is. And because of who he is, we have a new calling. We have a new way of life. We can take cues from the word of God, the word made flesh, the word that is Jesus. This is what we share. Good news for the poor. Release for the captive. Recovery for the blind. Freedom for the oppressed. This year, right here, Right now, God's favor is upon you. So think about that as we come back to our five keys and we think about sharing your story. What's your story been this week? For some of you, that's a story of challenge of difficulty. It's a troublesome story. And I'm here to tell you that when you share the trouble that you experience as a child of God, we share a story that says, and God is in it with me. For some of us, this week was a good week. There's much to celebrate. And when we celebrate what good we experience in life as children of God, we share a story with those that listen, those that we encounter along the way that is not, look what I did this week, but look what God has done in us. And we praise God for the blessings that are part of our life. And we share the story. For some, we've lost touch of a person who shared the story with us. And hearing this calls to mind those that have shared this with us before. Those who have set the course for us Not with five words or with the whole of the Torah, but with a life of faith that they lived that led us to be a people who lead a life of faith.
And when we hear the story of God, we are reminded of them and encouraged to share the story, our story with them, to let them know you've been part of making me who I am. And for others, we look to a person who we're in connection with and who, though we may be struggling or growing or working or shaping our own faith, they seem far from it, unconcerned about it, and not sure that they know that God is there for them and for their story. And in these words, we are encouraged to share who we are, to be a blessing to them, to say, I want you to know God is with me, God is with you, and we are together in the story God leads. Take some time at this moment to remember your week, to think about those people who have been an encouragement to you, to think about those folks who you can be an encouragement to this week, to give thanks for the blessings that God has brought into your life, and to remember that in the challenges and the burdens that we bear, we do not bear them alone. And God calls us to bear them with him, to bring them to him, and to share them with one another. Your story is meant to be shared. Whatever it is, however it's going, it's not meant for you alone. Our God is a God who calls us together around promise, around hope, around a way of life. And he says, share your story. Amen.